Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Golden Ratio Podcast. I am Jen, GR Mom, joined as always by GR Dad. Hi. How's it going, GR Dad? Fine. Excellent, excellent. Welcome to the podcast. Yes, it's crazy. The cocktail of the week is the Pim's Cup. This is a cocktail that we, like one of the first craft cocktails we had when we went out for fancy craft cocktails. Uh, and we were surprised yesterday to realize we had never done it on the podcast. The Pim's Cup is basically just a mule, again, it's ginger ale with Pim's. Which is kind of unique, though. Pim's is a unique spirit. Yeah, it's allegedly gin-based, but it's a weird brown. <laughs> it's like Pim's number two or something? Pim's number two, but you can't get any other numbers of number Pim's. one. It starts with two and it ends with two. Uh yeah it's it's got some kind of flavorings in it it doesn't taste like gin at all no it may have like bitters in it already who knows who knows anyway it's good i guess you know what the internet would totally tell me it's very british yes it's it it's like the official drink of wimbledon i think and pim's cup maybe wimbledon too yeah oh pim's is a brand of gin based fruit cup i don't know even know what that means Gin-based fruit cup, that is but not. may also oh, but may also be considered a liqueur. This is it not helping. Produced by James Pym. This is what Wikipedia has to say. Ugh, that's minimal. Very minimal. It's dark brown with a reddish tint and tastes subtly of spice and citrus fruit. That's true. Fair. It does. That's good. So anyway, to make a Pym's cup, you just do like a shot of Pym's and ginger ale. Is that guac? doing that it sure is he's discovered a squeaky toy and then a little bit of lime juice just you know squeeze some lime in there and then it's traditionally served with a cucumber slice as a garnish it's a very good summer drink yep very refreshing mm-hmm. guac i'm gonna need you guac, i'm gonna a, need you to knock that shit off that's guac. the loudest thing you've ever had guac hang on guac oh yeah put that in your mouth all right does that one squeak too? We will see. <laughs> Jared had traded toys. Not right now. I haven't necessarily traded problems. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> it's quiet. <laughs> I uh, made a mistake. Anyway, okay, there you go. Pimp's cup. Uh, it's good. It's a weird liquor. You will only use it to make a pimp's cup, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we used to drink them all the time. Yeah, they we were really the go-to for a while. Yeah, and we made them with Blenheim's ginger ale. Which uh, is from the Carolina, I think North Carolina. You can't get it in a lot of places. I ordered cases of ginger ale over the internet. <laughs> it's super spicy, like burn your mouth spicy it ginger has ale. Some real heat, yeah. Or ginger beer, uh, yeah, it's delish. <laughs> uh, so if you're in the Carolinas, you can get that, uh, and I'm sure you know other regions on the East Coast probably has it if you go know the right place to go to, but. Um, that's the best. We will make ours with Gosling's ginger beer, which we also use in the dark and stormy, because that's also zippy. Not burn your mouth zippy, but zippy and very tasty. Yeah, it is almost burn your mouth zippy. <laughs> the Blenheims absolutely yeah, is, yeah. yeah. Okay, Dad, we have so much to talk about. Dad was arguing we should break this into two podcasts. I'd say we just charge through with one podcast. Well, that's interesting. So it's simultaneously rules, but no rules because no length limit and nothing applies. No yeah. rules. Yeah. But, but a regular one. <laughs> uh, I like it. We never have a length limit. We're just like, are we done? Was it 
more than 15 minutes. I don't know. I, I talk slowly to stretch it. Oh, dear. Dad just pulled out his phone, which means it's time to figure out what the German word of the no, week have, is going to be. No, I have be. a list. We're good. Oh, you're just checking, checking your text messages pr- on the I, podcast? Yes, I was prepared. The list is on my phone. Yes. Okay. <laughs> don't make me come over there. Um, all right. We are recording from Maryland, the studio in Maryland, a.k.a. the dining room. <laughs> the northern studio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we RV'd up here. We sure did. It was a, it was a process. It was quite. Oh my god! <laughs> it was quite an adventure, dear Dad. I'm gonna let you take care of that squeaker. Yeah. Well, yeah, I... yeah, yeah. You just fill some time here and do this. I mean, I do most of the talking anyway. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we got the all VR, the RV all prepared. If you uh, have followed like the rv thread where i showed the renovations that's basically how it was i didn't finish that was gr dad squeaking something right there um yeah i didn't do anything else so we have the rv has a queen size bed and then it has a dining room table with like a little like a booth right like little bench seats on either side but it converts to a bed normally for sleeping humans you basically lower the table down and then you take the backrests of the bench seats and they fit together and cover the table and so it makes a full-size bed and so we did that and had a little blankie on there so that was a space for the dogs to lay down we put non-slip rugs on the floor and uh and then left over from when gr dad drove it down to florida there was like a little uh I think the thing is actually for like the bottom of a crate, like a little pad, but it's not very thick between the drivers and the passenger seat up in the cab part that CBGB laid on the whole drive down when he came with GR dad. And so here's what happens. We get all the dogs in the RV. We have a a fairly well thought out seating plan for everyone. Here's someone's going to lie here. Someone's going to lie there. There's plenty of room for everyone in the RV. Yep. All right. So, GR Dad's going to start driving. Oh, let, let's actually... We didn't quite get there. All right, so we left on Saturday. Friday, we're like, let's get it all hooked up because we're going to tow the Jeep up. We had the Jeep... We had previously in quarantine taken the Jeep to the dealership and had a whole kit installed so you can tow the Jeep. Wire harness, so the brakes, brake lights and turn signals work on the Jeep and everything. Had this all installed. When Jared had bought the RV, there was a whole other complication with this, which is boring, but basically they were going to give us a, like a thing to tow the Jeep with, but it turns out you can't do that. You have to tow it flat. And so while GR dad waited for five hours at Camping World, they allegedly installed a wire harness that we could plug into the Jeep yes. so we could tow it. Supposedly a seven point a wire harness with like seven lights that, that it works. So we, on Friday are like, okay, let's hook the Jeep up and, you know, make, because we've never done this before. There's a whole thing and it looks pretty straightforward and we get hooked up fine, like get the tow cables, all of that stuff on fine. And then the lights don't work. And so we're like trying stuff and this is tense. You know, you're like hooking shit up and it's not working. So I wouldn't say we were arguing, but we were like, we were having a lot of discussion about what to do, uh, which our creepy neighbor, who we've talked about in a previous episode of the podcast, basically sat in her driveway and listened to us because in the afternoon she came over. She's like, we used to, you know, own a 
car repair place. So if you guys need any help, because I know you were struggling with it this morning. Uh, she's like, yeah, because my dogs were barking at you. I'm like, I know when your dogs are barking. They, they were not. You were just standing outside <clears throat> listening to us, bitch. Uh, <laughs> and the, the last thing we need for our domestic uh, tranquility is the neighbor who doesn't probably doesn't know anything either giving us advice oh on what to do about our cable issues and or, so yeah. yeah so it's friday now like late morning getting into afternoon we're trying to leave on saturday this is the keys right this is the keys where like you want to get something done and you got to wait like two weeks until the guy's back from his fishing trip but fortunately gr dad found a we come to you <laughs> towing yep. place because everybody tows their boats around on trailers down here so there's a ton of people who are able to work on the kind of thing we were having a problem with so these two guys like show up and they got like a little trailer they're towing behind an suv with like welding stuff and all this equipment and they spent a couple hours trying to figure this thing out. And yep. they're like, look, we we don't know what the problem is. That's really frustrating to us. We can always fix everything. Uh, and we're thinking there's some, there's has to be something in the Jeep that you have to do to get it to recognize that the harness is there and operate the lights because they weren't working. Which is interesting because I, I called the Jeep dealer that had rigged the thing too. And I yep. said, is there is there a switch I'm missing, right? Is it something stupid where... Oh, you just need to, you know, put it in neutral and it'll work. And push something. up five times yeah, and push step up, on the brake. <laughs> honk the horn three times yeah. and and and, lass, and swing a lasso. Because that happens with <laughs> there Jeep, definitely with, with is cars stuff like that, and yeah. with Jeeps. And he said he did he said no, there wasn't anything like that, but he said, you know, it's possible that the computer needs to be programmed in the Jeep to sort of recognize these new cables so that it works with yeah. the with the brake lights that it might have to run through the computer and that sounded interesting to me like it could be like the, the sort of check engine you know you diagnostic probe thing. and then they're like so next week we could do that yeah, yeah. so yeah. the guys who had driven up were like look i mean worst case we can always just install our own wire kit kind of on top of theirs and it'll make it work we guarantee that'll work and it'll take an hour and so we're like great Please come by at 8 a.m. on Saturday morning and install that thing, because yeah. they, you know, they were there till like five o'clock on Friday night, which is like, you know, deeply into happy hour in the key. For sure. So they show up, you know, around nine, which is great for <laughs> keys great. time Saturday morning, and they're like, we did some internet research and we figured it oh, out. They were so proud of themselves. I am very proud of them. I came down and they were just like, we figured it out. We, we, we. The, you need a 12 volt lead. To go into the Jeep. Oh my to God, power we don't everything. need to bore the listeners with all yeah, these details. But they said basically, we tested it and this is the problem, and it was in the RV's wiring. Yeah, they just never hooked it up at the RV place. Correct. And so these guys did not have to install their own kit. They fixed what the RV people didn't do and rewired it, and they were all excited, and we were all excited, and then we got the heck out of there at like 10:30 in the morning on Saturday. With all the lights ablazing, and yep. when you push the brakes, the brake lights come on on the Jeep and show everyone that we're braking. So it was very good, very yeah. safe. Okay. I we, was ready to leave without those lights, frankly. Are we done with the automotive details? I'm, I'm bored. This is very interesting. Okay, okay. go ahead. I, I'm sure there are people who care deeply about the automotive details, even if it's not me. DM me with the questions about hooking up a Jeep to be towed. <laughs> yes, at Ingo Burkhart, he, he can tell you all the stuff. This is... Yeah. So the way that we have things broken down in our relationship is that I am the logistics person. Uh, GR Dad is absolutely the guy who's like, 
you have to push this button on the Jeep and shift it into whatever. And it's not that like I'm afraid of these things. He just likes doing those details. You just don't want to deal with it. It's I, not you're afraid and not afraid of it. You're just like, yeah. I mean, because you want to. Oh, yeah. I'll do anything. But if you want to, I'm like, great. Shift that over. So yeah. uh, I could look it up. But your dad's real into it, so he can tell you what to do. But you may not do it on the podcast because it's boring. Fair enough. Okay. So we're driving. Uh, we live on Sugarloaf Key at mile marker 17. That means we're 17 miles from the end of the road in Key West, and we're going the other way. We're going numbers up north. Yep. We get to mile marker 20, and Vink is like, what the fuck is going on, guys? <laughs> She's normally such a good... For and so CB's laying in between the driver and the passenger seat where he always was. St. Patrick is trying to stand in there. Swizz is trying to get in there. And, and it's very sway. And Vink is climbing all over everybody. Every dog is trying to be in the front seat. Vink wanted to be under my, in the driver's side well, wheel well, which is where the gas pedal is. Oh, my God. So she's climbing all over us. She's, you know, climbing on the other dogs. And so eventually I, like, take down a cushion from somewhere and I put it, like, behind the front and the driver and passenger seat and so it blocks the space that she's trying to come into so then she starts climbing over it so then i get another thing and put it on top of that <laughs> she starts climbing over that she did. just i move her like normally even if she's being kind of frantic like that with stuff you know i i go put her on the bed i'm like calm down stay on the bed and she immediately comes back up and she was just completely freaked out no. would not normally it's like just go lay down over there and she's like fine no so by mile marker mm, 30, she's on my lap. She's on my lap. And then it's like, all right, I cannot just have her on my lap. She's digging her little claws into me. It's <laughs> she's also big and heavy. She's big. She's too big, right? So she's almost sliding off. So then it's like, all right, I'm going to go in the back with them. Now, I, I get motion sick. Uh, you know, not terrible. Like, I've never puked in the car, but I don't feel good when I'm bumping around, and it's bumpy back there. It's a little bit like being in a boat in the back of the RV. Yeah. No, it's, it sways very much. The RV is not bad to drive. It's a Chevy... Express. <sighs> yeah, like a Chevy van. It's sort of like driving, like, a big pickup truck. Um, it's, it's not... It's very loose steering, though, right? <laughs> so you can, like, move the wheel around. It doesn't exactly go where you want, and it pulls a little to the right so you gotta always be like it's like desert bus you gotta <laughs> always kind of be pulling it a little bit and correcting for it um so anyway gr dad drove for the first probably three or four hours and then we switched uh which i felt much better not being in the back yeah and um i drove i mean you probably drove for three hours and we switched and then i think i drove for like five well, longer than that, eight probably. Yeah. Uh, seven. And then we've sort of, and you took a nap. You hung out with the dogs in the back. I mean, it's the dogs follow people, right? So if when I was in the passenger seat, we had six dogs trying to get <laughs> to up to the front. <laughs> yeah. So when I moved to the back, it kind of just took the whole cluster with me. Yeah. Yeah. It was much better. Uh, and then the last hour, I was fine, but you drove for the last hour. Mm. And, uh, so we we're trying to figure out, you know, where are we gonna We made it sleep into Georgia, this? we made it into North South Carolina. Um South Carolina. Yeah. yeah. Uh Florida took I mean it was pretty much dark by the time we were done with Florida. It it took us like nine or ten hours to get out of Florida. It is a long state. <laughs> and uh and then 
Georgia and the Carolinas are all pretty short. So yeah, we got into South Carolina. And so we're looking like there's these rest stops, but a, a lot of them you're not allowed to park overnight, it turns out. And so we end up in the Walmart parking lot, which I got to say was my original plan because mm-hmm. Walmart allows you to park RVs and, and trailer, you know, tractor trailers in their parking lot. Um, and there were a bunch of other of both. Yeah, without being bothered, right? They're like, you don't have to register and you don't have to get permission. You just park there. Right. Yeah. You're just allowed to park there. It's attractive. Yeah. And so, um, so we go in the Walmart parking lot, a lot of other RVs and trucks there. Uh, Okay, so then you got to turn, obviously turn the engine off on the RV so you're not like running the car all night. And the RV has a generator, which will run the air conditioner, which is 100% necessary, not just because it's warm outside, but because two humans and six dogs produce a lot of (laughs) water vapor in the air (laughs) inside the RV. Um, But the generator is not quiet, nor is the air conditioner. So it was a loud night. And then the RV also has, it's got like little things on the top that are um they're kind of like little plastic domes and you can kind of crank them up a little bit if you want to have a fan on uh but they also let light in from the top so it doesn't get dark in there so they're kind of like skylights and they're great i mean they're great for allowing light in during the day so it's it's not dingy in there but the walmart parking lot is quite brightly lit and so it's quite brightly lit in the rv at night oh it was miserable and really actually I, I mean the bed was quite comfy yep Quack was in the bed. Quack and Vink slept in the bed, but that's all the other dogs slept spread out. So that was, I was worried that that would be a problem and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was just sort of like at home. Um, slept like crap. I mean, I didn't fall asleep until after two. No. I woke then, up at six. There was always something going on in the parking lot, people coming and going, and it was just not noises, other people's generators going on. I mean, our, just our generator and air conditioner was enough. Yeah. Uh, I didn't hear much else, but that was, I really like it quiet when I sleep, and that was not quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whatever, I got four hours of sleep. Um, it was great for social distancing, though. I mean, we didn't have to go in anywhere. It was almost like we were in a tunnel. Like, I, I, we yeah. didn't go into any gas stations. We didn't go into any stores. We just... Because we, we brought to, all of our own foods and, and we drinks. we didn't have to go to any bathrooms. Yep. So we just we just stayed in that RV and took the dogs for quick walks and get, got back in the RV. Yeah, whenever we had to put gas in the car, like, dear dad would fill up the car. I'd take one dog at a time to pee, put him back in. Uh, so that was good. And, yeah, so we drove probably 12, 13 hours on saturday and then eight ish hours on sunday i gotta say i felt better i even took a nap for like an hour on sunday i think yeah in, well, the, in the back yeah yeah in the bed so i i got used to that motion a little bit uh all snugged up with guac too he's he's my boy yeah so we made it just fine uh the rv fits in our driveway with room for the jeep behind it just barely just barely just the the spare tires not hanging out into the road barely barely uh you gotta kind of kiss the rv with the the rv is not quite touching your wall of your house (laughs) yep it's a tight fit but it's okay yeah and it the rv seemed a lot bigger up here in northern virginia and maryland where it's suburban and you're much more crowded with cars like on 95 when there's you know three cars per mile it didn't seem so big yeah now it seems pretty freaking big yeah uh but i mean overall it was good it wasn't super fun i gotta say like my i got this upper body workout from just having to kind of hold it straight in the road uh it it was some work not it wasn't terrible 
but it's not like super easy fun drive it's not fun to drive no this thing wanders and it's you know you got to kick it to get it to move and it's it's a real uh it's more like a truck than anything else yeah but i mean it's stable like we we were driving 75 80 you know whatever traffic was going because the speed limit's 70 and you know most of the rural parts on 95 right uh and it's fine it's not like it's shaking or whatever it does fine it at those speeds so it's not like you're stuck kind of trundling along in the right lane like you can go the speed of everybody else yeah how did how did it compare to driving two jeeps and six i thought it was better i mean i really liked having the bathroom it was much less psychologically taxing to be able to switch off driving it it wasn't half even if even though we sort of half and half split the driving because there's still some you know some mental effort that goes into like handling the dogs and moving around and oh it wasn't half as hard yeah. half as hard no, but seventy five percent as hard as driving two jeeps uh, but the space was much nicer I liked not having to stop at an Airbnb with the dogs that's I mean that's always a process it seemed shorter because I think yeah. it's more efficient like way we, more we efficient were, we were, it seemed like we were spending more time driving than wandering around or trying to find an airbnb or you know doing the yeah, cleaning sure. out the airbnb and all that i mean it just more percentage of time was purely moving north yeah our stops were much shorter because we didn't have to go into the bathroom we didn't have to buy drinks whatever yeah there's a refrigerator yeah full on we i made pizza in yeah. there's an oven in the That's right. thing and i made pizza frozen pizza pretty good it was pretty good yeah. So, yeah, so the RV was a success. Um, I would not say I am convinced that, like, oh, my gosh, it would be so great to, like, drive the RV around the country and do camp. Nope, nope, have not been won over. But it's, look, we bought it for this trip, which we will make often, and it was very good for that. Yeah, and and it's good for open road things. We didn't, you can't turn around when you're towing a Jeep. Yeah, no backing up. You have to just pull through everywhere, which is easier on highway and up here i'm yeah trying to decide where i get gas for the rv because i don't want to have to back up out of some (laughs) suburban you know shell station yeah uh but no look i could see taking it and you know jared and i have talked about this i could see taking it like we did in march we did this race uh ultra marathon in the everglades and so we stayed at this you know the one hotel in the middle of the everglades fishing lodge yeah it was fine but you can also camp in the fakahatchee state park where it was in an rv and i could totally see you know it's a five-hour drive uh instead of driving to the weird hotel and like we got there after hours you gotta like call on this weird red phone and there's a lock box and it was a highly mediocre hotel i mean it was fine for what it was right but it's not like oh we were at this like nice hyatt with fluffy beds i think there were two beds and it was they were wore out yeah uh i would totally take the rv to that and be like we're hooked up yep we can just kind of shower and go and have our space stuff is there all the time yeah yeah so so it's a it's a good alternative and again the drive seemed shorter for sure hour wise it was the same psychologically and energy much better better, yeah Yeah. we didn't arrive just drained no that's right uh so that was good uh house here is fine our friend judy has been taking care of it coming and hanging out here 
uh, stayed here for a lot of quarantine. And so it was, she bought us like some new groceries, cleaned up my spice rack, cleaned out all of our old food. It's actually way better. She took care of a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's like a house sitter plus. Oh my God, it was so clean. I like looked under the bed. Someone clearly has like cleaned the floors under the bed. There were no dust bunnies. There was no dirt. Like it was freshly washed floors under the bed. Uh, so it was, that was good. Um, but yeah, all right. So that's the trip. The trip went fine. Um, we may record one more podcast up here. We're only staying up for like 10 days. We're going to, we'll be back in Florida by next Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're up here just cause like in non COVID times, all of the, our professionals who take care of us are up here because there's way higher quality medical care and stuff in the DC area than in the keys. Uh, so like our dentist is up here. My dermatologist is up here, regular doctor. And so like all these things that I normally would do because I spend time up here during the semester, um, I haven't been doing those. So I was overdue and it's like, we got time, not a bad time to get the heck out of Florida. Um, and you know, let's, let's just come up and check everything off. So, (laughs) so that's what we did. Um, so yeah, I miss the ocean. The house seems fuller with dogs than our Florida house does. So our Florida house is like, I think 1500 square feet ish. Yeah. 1500 something. This house in Maryland is, if you don't count the basement, it's 900 square feet, you know, with the basement, which is like not all finished and is not really all usable. It's 1200 spread over three floors as opposed to one floor like in florida that's right in florida we have like one room that's the size of this house yeah <laughs> that, big, uh, that big room is about the size of this house for sure and so the dogs always want to be right where we are so we're kind of in the living room of this house which is what 200 square feet probably yeah maybe and some and, of that's couch yeah and so it's two humans and six dogs living in 200 square feet which is I find myself climbing over dogs a lot here. Yeah. I and did like, not in Florida. The kitchen, they all try to come in the kitchen. The kitchen is just the width of like a rug runner. Like it, I won't even let JR dad in the kitchen when I'm working. Like if I'm cooking, I'm like, get out of the kitchen. Yeah, get I mean, out. Like, get out. Chief Brody can't turn around in the kitchen. <laughs> he has to go out one way. So the, so the dogs all try to come in when I'm doing stuff. And it's like you literally have to search for a place to put your foot on the floor. They block the fridge. Ugh. The Florida house is definitely nicer the for having a door to the basement. There's always a dog sleeping in front of it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we made the trip up here successfully. Uh, we have many dog updates to talk about. Yep. Okay. Let's start with Chief Brody. Okay. Okay. So St. Patrick has been eating burger. Let's let's actually start with St. Patrick. He's been eating a lot of burgers. All right. We're going to have to do some. I'm going to have to do some burger. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, as you know, if you've been following it, you see that he eats a lot of burgers. Um, and so we even brought a whole bunch of burgers with us on the road trip so we could get him to eat. But he's been doing increasingly better uh, with eating dog food. And so he's eating dog food now yep. without burgers. Uh, Jared is tempting him with all kinds of random human leftovers, but he's eating like canned dog food every meal. This is awesome. Yep. The big progress. Brats and tots. Brats and tots is like the, the flavor, I guess, of the, the meal. Yeah. The food. 
but it's B-R-A-U-T-S. Brats and tots. Yeah, which means brides in German, but that's different. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, so that's good. That's the big St. Patrick improvement. He's happy. He's eating dog food. We're going to continue that trend. He's, he's visibly gaining weight. Yeah, I think he's up to 64 pounds now. So he's, you know, he's a svelte dog, but he's not an emaciated dog. If he stays at this weight, it's fine. Yeah. He, can, he can certainly, he's got room to gain some pounds, but we are not, we're no longer in the shove all the calories into him phase. Uh, His four cheeseburger days may be over. Yeah. Maybe. So we had some cheeseburgers left from the drive that we brought into the house. And I gave him the last of the cheeseburgers yesterday. Uh, so we're recording on Tuesday. So Monday, I gave him the very last cheeseburger. And I left the wrapper on the counter. Guac wasn't here, uh, which we'll talk about in a minute. So like that's why we're always pulling stuff off the counter so Guac doesn't get it. So I'm sitting on the couch, which from the position I sit in looks directly into the kitchen. And I see a dog jump up, front paws on the counter, grab the wrapper from the burger and pull it down to the floor and start shredding Counter it. surfing. Counter surfing. It's Chief Brody. Unbelievable. Chief Brody, who acts like, Murph, Murph, I need you to lift me up on the bed. I'm so like chubby and sore. I can't possibly do it. Puts his front paws up on the counter. Leaps up there like a gazelle. And pulls down the burger wrapper. And it's not like, oh, he did a little like eh, eh, jump. No, paws on the counter, sniffing around, pulls it down. So now Guac definitely has been responsible for some stuff. But now who knows how much? Who knows how much? Who knows how often we falsely blamed Guac? Poor Guac, oh man. For something that Chief Brody pulled off the counter in Florida. <laughs> So that's the Chief Brody update. He's sneaky. Oh. He is so sneaky. Oh, my elbow hurt. Oh, I can't possibly. Oh, I'm so sore. Ooh, rapper? Doink. <laughs> uh, so there you go. That's that's Chief Brody and St. Patrick. That was a surprise. Okay, so Guaco Man in March was supposed to be going to stay and train like we had done with Toby, where he goes to the pet resort and he stays there for two weeks and gets out of my hair and in stops March, being we an asshole. In March, we were desperate for it because he was such chaotic energy in an otherwise calm household. Yeah, and I mean, we <clears throat> worried about him with the other dogs because his play was so overexcited. Um, and also, obviously, his recall sucks and his commands are terrible. And so, obviously, we didn't do that. Like, we, were down, we got stuck down in Florida. Uh, not that it's a bad place to be stuck. We weren't up here. And in that time, in those whatever, three months it's been, four months, he absolutely has learned to control his overexcitement in his play. He's really good now, totally reliable, great player. I mean, can play really gently with the dogs. Yep. So that's good. And we instilled the basics of his recall. He's not at all reliable. He knows what it is and then chooses to do it sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but that's something, right? That's better yep. than not understanding that he's supposed to do something. Totally. So uh, when we were coming back up here, I emailed the guy. Uh, his name is Michael Kelly at Old Town Pet Resort in Rockville. If you need your dog trained, whether it's, you know, a drop off and just get trained during the day, which is what we're doing now. Pack up the RV and head to Rockville, Maryland, <laughs> or, folks. 
are many vans in the D.C. metro Pack area. Pack up your stuff and your dog <laughs> and head to Rockville, Maryland. Uh, so, yeah. So we we don't need him to stay overnight. So instead, I'm just dropping him off at like a little after 8 every morning. And then I pick him up at 3 or 4 in the afternoon. And he's doing all the training work. He's just not staying overnight. And so this kind of training... You know, it's sort of, I was talking to somebody on Twitter today because I had recommended a different training place for their dog. Like a lot of training places will do like group obedience classes with you, right? So you, you go with your dog and you spend an hour and teach them stuff. That's not what this is. This is you leave your dog there and Michael trains the dog like five times a day, does all sorts of different sessions. It's very intensive. Um, and when I showed up, I was like, He's like, so you want to work on the recall? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, the other stuff's better. I'm like, but look, you know, we live on the ocean and he swims away if he sees something that he's excited about. And I have to like get in the kayak and go after him. So we have to have him on a lead anytime he's outside. I really want to have his recall be good enough that I can call him when he starts doing that. And he's like, there's basically, it's so hard to get that level of recall if, you know, they're really driven to go chase something else. And I was like, okay, well, you know, let's do what we can do. So he starts working with him, I, you know, Monday, right? So I bring him Monday. They have their full day Monday. He sends me some videos. He's showing me the stuff that he's doing. And he basically now is just tre- teaching him. So when they walk around and he just goes guac, that guac immediately comes to him. And so he's training that, like giving him little treats with it. I go to pick him up at the end of the first day and he's like, I think we're going to be able to get him to like 99% on the recall. He's like, I, I think, you know, I can't guarantee he'll be 100% fine in the water because uh, something might distract him. But I think we're just going to get him pretty much all the way there. So he's just like, this dog is brilliant and he really? learns so fast and I love him. Clark looks dumb, but he is smart. He is. So he went again today and Michael sent us a video of him. He's got this like little bulldog bully friend in uh, that's in like the training group that Michael works with. And I think the issue with the bully dog is that he gets over aggressive in play and Mm. so michael makes these videos and sends them to the owners it's like okay so this is a thing to watch for this is how you handle this here's you know stuff to do here's the command so he clearly had made the video that he sent us for the owner of the bully dog and he's like so you see how he's like you know getting a little excited there he's like chasing guac around jumped on his tail guac did not give a fuck um which was great like guac was having a really good time playing with this dog even though the dog would sometimes get overexcited, Guac was fine with it. So he's been a useful play tool. He's the calming influence instead of the opposite. Yeah. Uh, but so we hear like Michael telling the, you know, making this video for the owners of the other dog. And then he sort of says in the background, he's like, I really like that other dog, like that golden. I really like him. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, yeah, that's our Guaco man. That's our man. So he's doing great. Uh, he's. And we get the, don't you get the call or the text like, Guac's done. He's exhausted. He's exhausted. Yeah. He's like, uh, you can come get him anytime because he's exhausted. His brain is full. Great. Um, But yeah, today he said, you know, he's, he can be out playing with the other dogs and his recall's really good. Like he'll, he can be zooming around doing other stuff and Michael calls him and he comes right away. So uh, we're just going to have him go every day that Michael's doing training until we leave. If Um, we ever need to have 
guac come in from the water, we'll call Michael. Michael will fly down, <laughs> and he'll call a guac for us. Uh, if I remember correctly how it worked with Toby, I spend a good hour with Michael on the last day. It transfers. And, and he does some knowledge download. Though, you know, I'm not like a totally clueless owner, right? Like, I am nowhere near the kind of trainer that this guy is. I'm not trying to compare that right. But, like, I understand the principles of it, so it's not like you have to explain to me. Right. You know, don't give him the command three times because then he just learns that he doesn't have to do it. Uh, but the guy is great. I mean, he's not, you know, Ingo, you were saying, you know, he's not like, you need to be the alpha. They're like, there's none of that bullshit. Yeah, none of this like paleo stuff or, you know, uh, when dogs evolutionarily need to do this. He's just like, this is how we do it. And yeah. And he's gentle and he's firm, but not yelly i mean yeah it's it's pleasant no that's right it's basically all positive reinforcement except like if he catches him doing a bad thing there will be a no or like a tug on the leash or something to like you know convey the message but not nothing aggressive yeah it's more just getting the dog's attention yeah it's like the big goal yeah yeah so he's he's really wonderful so Mm -hmm. uh so that's the guaco project so i think he i think he's gonna go tomorrow and wednesday and then uh, Michael is off Thursday and Friday and then he'll go over the weekend and then the first two days Monday Tuesday next week before we go back so uh, already with his two days I actually noticed yesterday I was bringing him in we were in the front yard and he was sniffing around and I was just like come on guac and as soon as he heard his name he like immediately came over which is not a thing that he would have done before well, right now he's sleeping through that so. yeah I don't I don't want to like accidentally summon him you don't want to waste the recall yep so uh yeah, so he's doing great. Good doing visit good for him. Stuff. Good visit for him. Yeah, no, look, just for this, it will have been productive. And, you know, I was supposed to go to the dentist. I got to see my dermatologist today. Was supposed to go to the dentist this afternoon. Canceled the dentist because Swizz has been having some issues. I have been worried about her for a couple weeks. And she's just been panting and, like, seems uncomfortable. And last night she was up pretty much all night panting. And as I, I had a hard time going to bed last night too. So I came to bed at like two, two thirty. she's panting, panting. And she'd been panting the whole time I was up before that. And I was like, man, like if I had a dog with a hemangiosarcoma, this is how they would be on the last night where you just go, okay, they're starting to get uncomfortable. We're not going to let it get worse than that. Uh, I'm like, we got to take her in and see what's going on. Like it's one thing if she's just a little uncomfortable, all night. day to day but yeah to be up all night like that's not good so our regular vet up here couldn't get us in so we took her up to the emergency vet uh i brought her up at about noon it's currently 8 30 p.m and she's still there which is more a testament to how many dogs were having emergencies today i think there were six ahead of us when we wow. got there um so you know so i just dropped her off and uh they and they're like look it's gonna be a few hours like you can go home and we'll call you so I've, I left, and like five minutes later, I get a call from the vet. Like a tech came and brought it, brought her in. The vet calls and is like, okay, you know, I gave her a quick look. Her gums are really pale. And I was like, oh, well, that's bad. Like that happens when they're bleeding. Um, and she's like, you know, I I did a quick ultrasound. She's not There is a radiologist there, but she's not. And uh, you all right, your dad? No. You a little tired? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Yeah, so she's like, there's no fluid around the heart. I did one on the abdomen. I can't really tell if there's fluid in the abdomen or if there's a mass down there or anything. And I'm like, well, fuck. Like, 
another dog with hemangiosarcoma. And if she's already up all night, like she's past the threshold for like what we would normally consider, you know, what to do, even though she's like energetic and the white gums are really bad. It's really bad. And so I was like, God, do we have like, you know, a couple days where we try to keep her comfortable and, and like make peace with it and that's it. And it's like, so the plan was, all right, they're going to do x-rays. They're going to have the radiologist actually do an ultrasound, do some blood work, do all of that stuff today to see what it is. So she finally called me at like 6.30 tonight. And I was like, I have great news. There's nothing in there, basically. Um, and so, yeah, no tumors, no bleeding, none of that. It's a big relief. Yeah. Um, so she's kind of anemic, but not as bad as they thought. Uh, based on her gums. So it's, she maybe was just like kind of hyper excited. Um, and she's like, look, she could have some reflux. It could be some arthritis pain, could be some dementia, which I absolutely think is part of this. And, and we talked about that. Like when we started her on the antidepressants, she suddenly switched into being really anxious where we couldn't eat in front of her. She had not been like that for months. Um, and then to like suddenly get that kind of anxiety seemed seemed to be something more to me than just like, oh, suddenly she's worried about food. And I'm like, so I was telling the vet, I'm like, you know, she did this thing and that's why we started her on these antidepressants. Um, it's interesting to me to think that she may be having, you know, just some dementia problems and Queso had that on and off. Uh, and she's like, that's really common to have like sudden onsets of behavioral changes and stuff with dementia, kind of like Alzheimer's and older dogs. So, we're guessing it's sort of, you know, there, she could have an ulcer. She could have like, you know, some abrasions or something in her digestive tract. There's nothing bad in there. Like she doesn't have diarrhea. There's no blood in her poop no or anything. No obstruction, yeah. Yeah, but the, she's like, it could be a minor thing like that um, that's causing the anemia. You know, who knows? She's an old dog, right? There's all sorts of little things that can go wrong. So basically we're starting her on like a reflux pill, like omeprazole, which is Prilosec, same same as you use for human. Um, St. Patrick's cough still hanging around. Um, and gabapentin, which is like a... <laughs> Excuse you. Uh, a pain management pill in case some arthritis is bothering her. And uh, that's it. That's pretty minor. We yeah. Thought we, we, well... I mean, I messaged on Facebook with our regular vet and I was like, Bob, like this doesn't look good. I don't know what it is yet, but if we have to put her down, like, are we allowed to come in with her? Cause it, I mean, I have this guy's cell phone number, right? Like he would, if, you know, at the vets, our vet in Florida, you can go in now to the room, but the vets up here, they just take them out of the car and bring them in. Let, I would not want, if it's, you know, if we have to put her down, I'm not going to just send her in, right? Like we just drive back to Florida early and, you know make that work so we can be there yeah uh but i figured he would you know i'm close enough with this guy that he wouldn't do that and i was like you know can we be in there and he's like like absolutely it's like anybody can but especially for you like whatever you need uh so that's how bad it was i was like so you know what's the protocol if we have to do this because maybe it's the end of the swizz yeah um but it turns out at least you know from what we can tell here it's fine. There were a couple like little nodules on the liver and one on the spleen. Could be cancer, but they're small. Could just be old age stuff, which is normal. Um, to find out, we would have to do like a surgical biopsy. And, you know, I sort of said to her, you know, look, we'll spend all the money on the dogs. Like that's not the issue for us. 
it, but she's 15, right? So if we do the surgical biopsy and it turns out that they're cancer, I'm not going to do a surgery on a 15 year old. If she was 10, I might, but or, not at 15. Or chemo or whatever other course of treatment would be invasive and disruptive and dangerous. No, that's right. I mean, at that age, it's we're just going to make her feel as good as possible. We're not going to do surgery at that point. So, uh, because whatever we found out for the surgery, we would still just stick with like let's do whatever makes her most comfortable. Uh, we wouldn't. And and look, that's no judge. And people should do whatever they want to do, right? But I think we're both kind of on the same page that we don't want to get super invasive at that age because so many other things go wrong. You know. Yeah. Uh, in any case, that's not what it is. So that's good. We're not going to bother doing the surgery to biopsy those things. They could be fine. They could not be fine. She's 15. so 70 more months. They said 70 they, more months. They did not say oh, yeah. 70 more months. 70 yeah. weeks would be great. I'll take 70 weeks. We'll Make it to the sweet 16. 70 more. Yeah. Hey, one, one set of 70 at a time. Yep. Let's, let's go for 70 days to start with. Ugh. Seven weeks. 70 weeks. Okay. 70 weeks. So it's taking us to October 2021-ish. That's fine. Hopefully life will be better then. Oh, my goodness. Uh, let's see. Hops was just a perfect angel in the car. She's, I think, the only one that we haven't given the rundown on. I mean, I think she felt, like, you know, angsty about it and underappreciated, but she was very good. She was perfect. I mean, when we drive in the cars, she can be kind of panty and, and tense, and she just laid on that little bench and was great the whole she, time. She was not trying to get up in the driver's compartment the whole time. No, she was a little doll. Good Guac job, Guac was good, too, because you just throw the ball, and then Guac goes wherever the ball goes. Yeah, Guac was like normal Guac. Yeah. He was fine. Uh, I thought he was really good. So, all right. Yeah, I think Hops that's doesn't have any issues. Sorry, Hops, you don't get much airtime because you're uncomplicated. <sighs> Thank goodness, Hops. For once. Uh, do you want to do conch life or German word of the week? Do conch life. All right. Let me make sure I've got the proper one. Oh, no. What did he just knock over? Oh, just the... Uh, Nothing. Almost knocked over the vacuum. Nothing. Everything no. is fine. Okay. So we were going through conch life, and there's some interesting stuff. Uh, but, <coughs> excuse me, Jared Dad is like... Did you see that one story in Conk Life? And I was like, I sure did. Okay. <laughs> woman charged with resisting arrest in child neglect case is the headline. A 31-year-old woman was arrested Sunday night after trying to bite a deputy while hey, resisting hey, arrest. Hey. Back to the greatest hits. It's been a while. Danielle Maxine DiPiero was charged with battery on a law enforcement officer, assault on a law enforcement officer, robbery by sudden snatching without a firearm or weapon. I was charged with robbery by sudden snatching. That's a good charge. You were not. What? No, I just It'd be funny to say, sudden snatching is a great turn of phrase. Robbery by sudden snatching. Very descriptive. Yes, I have not been ever charged with anything. I was going to say, no. No. Uh, robbery by sudden snatching without a firearm, child neglect, resisting arrest with violence, and resisting arrest without violence. You get both. Uh, okay. So the deputy responds to the reef at Marathon Resort at approximately 7 p.m. He tries to find some people, including this woman, this three-one woman, and a four-year-old female juvenile. She's drunk. She's arguing with other resort patrons, patrons for 
reasons that were not immediately clear. She said she needed to get to her home in Deerfield Beach, Florida. That's like up on the east coast of Florida near Boca Raton. Uh, But she couldn't drive her white Dodge Ram pickup truck because she was too drunk. She had slurred speech and had trouble walking (laughs) walking and standing without support. I will need to get back up to Deerfield Beach. But I can't, I can't drive my pickup truck because I've had too much to drink. It's not a good look. No. Uh, deputy asked another person president who could care for the child until she sobered up. The person answered that the child's father was en route to take custody. Meanwhile, DPRO had passed out while attempting to secure the child in the car seat of the pickup truck. This is depressing. The child had hopped out and was on the front seats and then exited the truck. <laughs> we got a real little agent of chaos in this four-year-old here. DPR awoke, thinking the child was still in the truck and didn't realize the child was not. The deputy noted DPR had no control or supervision of the child during the incident. I got to say, this is a, I mean, it's not okay to be so drunk that you can't take care of your kid. But this is a relatively small window of child neglect. Yes. That the, the kid got out of the car and you didn't notice because you were drunk. Uh, the father arrived and took custody of the kid, so the kid's fine. Okay, the lady swore at the deputy and began walking away. The deputy ordered her to stop. She continued walking and then resisting all attempts the deputy made at putting her in handcuffs. While in handcuffs, so eventually she did get in them, and waiting for a backup deputy to arrive, DiPiero attempted to walk away and attempted to bite his arm. That's a bad arm. idea. She then began kicking at deputies while they were attempting to put her in the patrol vehicle. DiPiero was able to grab deputy, the deputy's keys from his belt. That's the theft by sudden snatching. Jeez. While she resisted the incident, she continued to pull away from deputies throughout the incident. When taken to a Pioneer transport van, she sat on the ground, went limp, and refused to walk to the van. <laughs> She had to be carried onto the van. The van. DiPiero was taken to jail. DiPiero making friends that night. Lots of friends. Anyway, it was, I gotta say, we missed the biting incidents. Not that anyone should bite anyone unless they're asked to do so, but they've been woefully absent from the conch life stories. And Yeah, it doesn't sound like DiPiero was wearing a mask either. No. <laughs> Come so, to think of it. Just noting that it, things are kind of fucked up in Florida right now because of the COVID. And uh, yesterday, Key West passed a update to the regulation, which is if you are not in your house, you must have a mask on, which means all of my running that I have left to do in Key West must be done with a mask, which is going to be a little uncomfortable, it's but different strategy. fine. Um, and, and it's also so it's like if you are in the city of Key West, you have to have a mask on unless you are in your house or if you are eating in a restaurant um, and all of our restaurants are outside. Um, and it also requires that like businesses have to enforce it so if you have people like in your business who aren't wearing their masks you can't just be like well i didn't want to argue with them like you're required to do so and there's like big fines you can think i think they can take you to jail on a misdemeanor like they've really jacked up the penalties for it because they're like look we're this tiny island i think we have three icu beds i think that is the entirety of our capacity um Someone's and always in there for some unrelated non-COVID thing. It's three ICU beds, right? Like, you crash your jet ski and, like, you have to be in there anyway. So they just don't have the capacity. There's not that many people from the Keys who are... I mean, our cases have jumped way up since they removed the, the roadblock. Um, I think there are six or seven people 
total who have needed hospitalization, but they're airlifting them out to Miami or who knows where they're going to airlift them to now. Cause Miami I think is tapped cool. out too. Um, because we don't have the space. And so they're like, we can't have this. Like all these tourists are coming in here. It's not the locals, right? All these tourists are coming in. They're not wearing their masks. They're not social distancing. And so like, screw it. Like these are the new rules. If you're out of the house, you have the mask on or you leave, go to jail. Yeah. Hopefully it will help things a little bit. It's quite, it's a mess. It, it's not good. Come on, COVID vaccine. Yeah. Anyway, you got a German word of the week for us? Makes you miss those roadblocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that was a good little nimby thing. Bring them back. Bring them uh, back. Do I have a German word? Yes. Lager color. Beer color. <laughs> yeah, no. Lager in the term of camp or enclosure or like your house. Uh-huh. Color is madness. Yeah. Oh, like cabin fever? Exactly like cabin fever. Oh, yeah. I like it. Lager color. When you're closed in too long and you you have <laughs> you have madness about it you want you want out you want space and and look be free it's okay if you all feel that way just don't come down to the keys yeah 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 laga cola mm-hmm. nice there you go I gotta say, Basilenschleuder. Still a good one. Uh, we've been that's really made its way into our everyday vocabulary. Because it's something not too familiar. But Schleuder, if you missed it from the podcast, is bacteria slingshotter. Yeah. It's basically like a infectious little plague rat. You walk around, yeah. you see somebody without their mask, and we're like... Someone's just flinging bacteria around. But Schleuder. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. I, I've it is. been happy to incorporate that. Yeah. Schleuder is also the spin spin cycle in like the washing machine. Oh, Schleudern. that's cool. Which also implies... It's splashing things all around yeah flinging it around flinging them around yeah i like it yeah kind of like sling schleuder like slinging it around yeah uh okay i think we're done it wasn't that long Uh, i mean we we had that one episode that i called the never-ending podcast i'm not sure you sang it that that's that's very nice it's very nice (laughs) that one might have been longer that was a really long Uh, one yeah, I hate that movie, by the way. i not defending it. No, just adding. I'm sure there will be many never-ending story defenders, but it, like, creeped me out. I hated the weird Muppet creatures in it. I, I didn't like it. Did not like that when I was a kid. <laughs> now it's noted for the record. Fair enough. But Chief Brody reminds me of that dragon, though. He, he kind of does. Yeah, yeah, the happy dragon. Luck, the luck dragon. <laughs> that was a German movie. You know that, right? I didn't know that. It was a German movie. Oh, did they dub it in English or was it just Germans made it in English? You know, I don't know. There is a German version of it. Yeah. So I am presume they dubbed it in English. I don't Interesting. know. The horse didn't, didn't really talk. It was pretty easy. All right. Well, uh, at Ingo Burkhardt, if you want to fill him in on any of those details. <laughs> I get enough tweets. I got to send some your way. Fair enough. All right. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us. Uh, who knows? We're recording on Tuesday, so maybe we'll have a No Rules podcast later this week. I thought this was going to be No Rules. This is just, a, you know, I'm just discombobulated. Well, to placate Jeer Dad, we'll try to do a No Rules podcast later this week. And then I won't be ready for it. <sighs> you don't have to be ready. Oh, good point. I, I don't have to be prepared. Follow my lead. I don't even have to think. No, you, and you don't need a German word of the week. It's remarkably easy for me, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> 
All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. And until next week, wear your mask and don't bite anyone unless they ask you to. Don't try to bite anyone. Bye. Bye.